0: Hello and welcome to Ono oh Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal, but Part ourselves,
1: yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy,
0: and I'm Ross Blotcher. And we have another kind of spin off investigation here from the Conscious Life Expo.
1: Yes, Conscious Life Expo 2020 and 2022.
0: That's right. So, you've interacted with this particular savior before, (laughs) and you've talked about him on the show, but now you've looked into him more.
1: Yes, his name is Buddha Maitreya, the Living Christ.
0: The living Christ. Amazing. Yeah. Not the living Christ. He doesn't come <laughs> stay in your living room. I
1: mean, he comes and stays in your heart. You Sleeps know? on
0: your couch. But the <laughs> living Christ. So I, I wish I could say how common this is, but it feels like there's a lot of people out there who claim to be Jesus reincarnated. I guess usually that's it. Is that his deal? Is he reincarnated? Has he been put back into the flesh?
1: Yes, he is the reincarnation of several figures okay. Shiva, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus the Christ, Padma Sambhava, okay. Milarepa, Tsongkhapa, Dorje Shugdun, Babaji, Babaji, and finally, Buddha Maitreya the Christ, also known as Ronald Lloyd Spencer.
0: Oh, that's right up there with Sri Harold Klemp.
1: Yep. Similar to Sri Harold Klump, this guy lacks charisma. Okay. He is nebbish.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite definitions of nebish that I've heard is someone who, when they enter a room, it's as if a person has left the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. You're just watching him and you're going, so how did this happen for you, buddy? Yeah. What do you know that I don't know?
0: Right. Why do you have a following just in terms of living Christ's? It seems like, you know, there's like a certain number that society can support in any one generation, but we've met multiple people who claim to be the embodiment of Christ, and either Christ can split souls and inhabit multiple bodies or mm-hmm. they can't all actually be Christ. They can all not be <laughs> Christ, but they can't all mm-hmm. be Christ. And it it makes me think how like you would hear stories about asylums back in the day where you'd have eight different people who claimed to be Napoleon and they mm-hmm. would sort of put them together and just see what would happen when the multiple Napoleons would argue with each other.
1: Oh, is that like a documented occurrence?
0: All I have is the recollection of that mental image of Napoleons in a room together. So I don't know if that was anecdotal or someone making a joke. Uh, gotcha. But I, yeah, it would, That's what I want to see. I want to see all of these Christs together in a room and just hash it out.
1: Yeah, especially if they're all sincere. Like, how do you deal with all All these other people feeling the same way you do.
0: Put a jar of water in the room and say, all right, as long as it turns into wine, we know (laughs) at least we've kind of narrowed it down.
1: I thought (laughs) thought you were going to say, and then tell them to walk across it. And I was like, you're going to need more than a jar. (laughs) I can walk across a jar of water. There
0: will be a jar of water and then a pool of water.
1: If you're able to split it, you're Moses. Moses on that side. <laughs>
0: if you, yeah, if you can split it, then walk to this side and you are either Moses or Elijah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how common this is. It, it feels common, but at the same time, I can't think of very many other people we've talked to where they, the person sitting in front of me, mm-hmm. was like, I'm Jesus the Christ. I can't think of any times that's happened. That's
0: a big leap because, yeah, it's one thing to say that you communicate with Jesus the Christ and you are yeah. sharing his information. And it's quite another to say that you are he.
1: Not to be confused with a Buddha Maitreya in the UK. Okay. So this is a an American man, white from what I can tell, from... Oregon California and Hawaii he was born in 1951 like this is (laughs) this guy's younger than my dad I don't know something about just him being such an ordinary person is really tripping me up
0: yeah yeah were there any events attending his birth was there any significance to his appearance in 1951
1: Uh, great question so he says that it was always foretold that the Buddha would be reborn in 1951 in Oregon but when I went trying to look for what he's talking about, I couldn't find that anywhere but his own website. Okay. But he does claim he has native heritage. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but this seems to be relevant to him. So I'll tell you. Yeah, I have no idea But you're supposed true. to make the
0: connection in your own head as to why that's significant.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Even though he claims to be both the reincarnation of Buddha and the Christ, we're going to hear way more about the Buddha aspect. Jesus seems to kind of be an afterthought. Like, oh, and also whatever, Jesus. Okay. Yeah,
0: that too. Uh, which is, I would say, very similar to what we saw in the Self-Realization Fellowship, where mm. it's mostly about Paramahansa Yogananda and Sri Yukteswar and also Babaji connected. But Jesus is in there. He's in the lineup to give a passive stamp of approval on the proceedings.
1: Um, So his church is called the Church of Shambhala. So he used to be more overtly Buddhist. After an incident that I'll tell you about, he seems now to basically disown Tibetan Buddhism. Oh. So he's still calling himself Buddha Maitreya. He's still talking about things like enlightenment. Uh, On his website, it says, Buddha Maitreya is neither a Tibetan Buddhist practitioner, nor does he teach about Tibetan Buddhism.
0: Okay, I'm hoping that the reason for this is that he like tried to reach out to the Dalai Lama and organize a meeting, as many do, and then he got kind of smacked down.
1: It's not quite that, but you are thinking along the right lines. Okay, okay. And it's actually a bit more dramatic.
0: Now, I'm, I'm just curious because now you've read and listened to Fairmount from this guy and about this guy. Yeah. From his talks, would you ever get any indication of who Jesus is or any details from Jesus's life?
1: Boy, it's so weird. No. what You mean Jesus, OG Jesus?
0: Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> OG, o- <laughs> I was going to say OG OT, OG NT Jesus. <laughs> because like I feel the same thing again with the Self-Realization Fellowship. I'm on their email list still, and I'll watch a lot of their sermons, and they'll talk about other spiritual leaders and give little anecdotes, but I can't think of once that they've actually told a story from the Gospels.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. Totally similar. I would say we are supposed to be interested because they are his thoughts and he is Jesus the Christ. Okay. But other than that, he's not saying he's not ever having you pull a Bible out. He's not talking even in terms of like Buddha's life much either.
0: So there's no callbacks. Like, remember when I was giving the Beatitudes and when I said, blessed are the peaceful, what I meant was blank, blank, blank. He doesn't even try that? Nope. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's not even making much of a show of things. It's really just like a guy sitting in front of his pretty crappy webcam, talking out loud, thinking off the cuff for the most part, maybe showing you an internet video And then being like, and by the way, all those thoughts, those are from me, Jesus the Christ.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's it's really wild. Uh, yeah. Are you pulling him up? I do want you to describe how he looks to you.
0: Carrie sent me this image, and I assume that you grabbed this from one of his presentations?
1: Uh, from his website, I think.
0: It's a lineup of 10 spiritual avatars, and it has the title Incarnations of the Avatar. And it's the, the figures you were talking about. Most of these are, well, all of them are illustrations or statues leading up to Babaji and then... Buddha Maitreya the Christ and it's a photo of this guy and uh I hate to say it he looks like a schlubby white man I mean he's just he's got kind of loose skin um sort of scruff on his face and I say this as a person who spends 80% of his time scruffy uh so I know of that which I speak and I, we've described him on the show before as looking vaguely like Ricky Gervais.
1: Yeah, he lo- it looks like David Brent is about yes. to give you a talk.
0: Yes, I think. David
1: it, Brent from The Original Office. If,
0: so if that's your mental image, you are totally in the ballpark. And he's yes. wearing kind of a, I don't know, white, like silvery gold light shirt. And he's got some very elaborate jewelry hanging around his neck that I wish I could see in greater detail. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's... Nothing about him visually that uh, would make you want to listen to him.
1: Fair. <laughs> and if you just had to take a guess, and I'm I'm inviting aggravated guessing here, I realize. But as we go along, why don't you guess which way in American politics you think this guy leans? So what's your intuition right now?
0: I, I would just assume a right winger. Even though there's okay. the Eastern spirituality, somehow I'm guessing mm-hmm. he'll find a way to... Pull it to the right wing.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to keep checking in on that. Okay. Okay. So his official office is world teacher within our spiritual hierarchy. Uh And his main teaching is harmlessness.
0: Oh, well, first do no harm. That's a good principle.
1: Yep. Okay. So hearing that, are we still sticking on right wing?
0: Oh, Um. yeah. That's not moving my Bayesian analysis of his politics okay. just yet. Perfect.
1: So back in our conscious life expo episodes, you may remember that I went to an interminable Om meeting where yeah. everybody sat and went Om for like twenty plus minutes, and then he would drone underneath with this sort of meditative ramble with nothing much behind it.
0: Yeah, enough that it drove you away.
1: That's right. You said that's Th- right.
0: This is enough. There's no place like Om.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in a lot of his talks, he will think aloud and uh, kind of pontificate on whatever's on his brain for maybe an hour. And then the the latter 20, 30 minutes will often be just an ohm meditation. And it very much feels like it's you and him. There's no pullback to an audience or much of a like sense of your community. So he's really built this sense of... You have a relationship with him, and who knows if there are even others in the room?
0: Oh, interesting, because oftentimes if there are others in the room, uh, it feels like you know they're highlighted as, I don't know, sort of like almost a, not a proof, but an additional piece of evidence, like something to sway you. Like, oh, look how many people he has gathered around him. Totally. But it's more like brazzo where we just close in on this guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. And at least with brazzo you see that there are others there with you. Some of these videos are live, but if there are people there in person, we don't see them. We don't see him talking to anyone. And he actually says stuff throughout saying, just focus on my relationship with you. Don't worry about anything else going on around you. He makes it very personal the way... The way Christians talk about people's relationship with Jesus.
0: Okay. Tell me about his voice. Is it soothing? Is it high? What's the tone um, of his
1: voice? Well, here, here. Take a listen. This is from a couple nights ago. Yeah.
2: All those things come from the that fifth ray, that doubting mind, that questioning mind, that rationalizing mind, that mind that goes into
0: interesting Uh, yeah it's a very it's a soft voice no no sharp pronunciations a little bit of like i don't know syllables Mm -hmm. sort of slipping into each other and it it sounds like he could be the friendly avuncular narrator on an old cowboy show or something
1: (laughs) no yeah okay he actually reminds me a, a bit of Mr. Deity, the fictional character our friend Brian played.
0: Oh, Brian Maybe Keith still Dalton plays
1: for a long time. Yeah, where he's sort of a bumbling, average guy who happens to run the universe. <laughs> That's kind of the kind of the vibe of this guy for me. But he does have some monks in person in Northern California.
0: Now, looking at these videos. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's quite the range of view counts, but they don't go that high. Like the most popular yep. videos are just over a thousand views, whereas mm-hmm. some of them have like I'm seeing 976, 43 views, 127 views. So yeah, not getting as much traffic as say a Bob Larson.
1: Totally. And when I tuned in live, there were 18 of us.
0: Okay, so again, I have to ask, where's the money coming from?
1: Right, where's the money? And uh, he does have this monastery, so um, I think there might actually be two fellowships, if you will, the online audience that's perhaps a bit less committed, um, and then this more intense inner circle audience okay. that's there on site. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'm imagining them because we do not see them other than me having run into them at Conscious Life Expo.
0: Yeah, because in my mind, I'm thinking either he comes from some wealthy background and a part of his origin story is that he's the son of the founder of Nestle or something, <laughs> or... He has some really rich benefactor who pours a bunch of money into this, or uh, it's this kind of small insular group that really presses its membership for money and asks them to give everything to the cause. Those are kind of my leading theories.
1: Yeah. um, I... Push toward theory three.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would have come up already if he happened to be the heir to the Seagram ginger ale fortune.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't find anything like that.
0: That was a Nexium reference for anybody playing along.
1: And we'll talk a bit about his center, but I don't know if you remember anything about the photos of his center.
0: Yeah, that they had these very distinctive structures that were kind of like little mini geodesic domes almost in an arrangement that yeah creates quite an effect on a hillside
1: yeah yeah they look really cool and it makes me want to go and I wish that we could just go but they've pretty much been closed over COVID it seems like okay Um, so I don't think this is one we'll get to do in person but this is one I would have loved to do in person and you will you will see why as we continue
0: if you're listening please invite us We want to come.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just a little bit of personal timeline on Ron. In 1960, when he was nine years old, some Tibetan masters came to his home in California.
0: Oh, I don't think this actually happened, but continue.
1: Claiming that he was Buddha Maitreya, the reincarnation of Buddha, and his mom and brother turned them away. They thought they were crazy. Why do you think this didn't happen? I mean,
0: like, how could it have happened? Really?
1: <laughs> like, I mean, okay. I, gu- I guess I'm thinking some people believe things and they travel across the world to complete them.
0: I'm curious about when he started telling this story. And uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, who did he hear it from? So he wasn't there when these uh, supplicants were turned away. What, they traveled from where? They just get turned away that easily. And they're like, well, guess we better fly back home.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good points all. Um, I'm really excited to be the slightly less suspicious one for 10 seconds here. Okay. No, I uh, because I catch up with you by the end of the sentence. But like early in the sentence, you were like, this did not happen. (laughs) (laughs) It just didn't even have like the stench of maybe truth to you. Oh, not at all. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I think that you're right. And here's why I think you're right.
2: Miramax Home Entertainment proudly presents... Bridget Fonda and Keanu Reeves in one of the most acclaimed films of the year, Little Buddha.
1: There is a movie called The Little Buddha that is about exactly this happening. So some monks decide that there's a little boy in the United States who's the next Buddha.
2: But the most incredible miracle of all was when the fairy tale came knocking at their front door. He's a very important lama. He's come on a very special mission. So you're here in Seattle to find someone? Yes. We are looking for his reincarnation. But now we think he might have been reborn
1: right here as your son. Jesse? (laughs) They come to the U.S., knock, 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 your son's the Buddha. They're like, how could this be? No. That movie came out in 1993. Okay. he was telling this story not long later, and uh-huh. somebody was like, This reminds me of that movie. Was that movie about you? And he was like, Yes, the movie is about me. And actually, I told this story in in the early 90s in the UK at a meditation seminar. And I'm pretty sure I just inspired a filmmaker who was there, and the movie is really about me.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm adding this to my list on Letterboxd. I want to see it this looks now. So
1: offensive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to see Keanu it too.
0: Reeves as Siddhartha. Keanu
1: Reeves, yep. Wow. Yep.
0: It always amazes me just how much media affects these topics that we look into.
1: Yeah. And how much people, I think, used to feel like they could bullshit that stuff, you know? Because in 1992 or 1993 or whatever, The internet was there, but not everybody was using it. So you could just say, oh, yeah, that happened to me, even Mm -hmm. though actually it was in a movie. And no one would go check.
0: Right. But yeah, I think the chances of him actually telling this story before he saw that movie.
1: Oh, very low. In in 1984, he was discovered and recognized by a series of Tibetan spiritual leaders as a tulku or a child born in perfection. The the specific spiritual leaders are not mentioned or named. I have no idea who they are.
0: I I like how they got turned away in 1960 and they just kind of gave up. Well, we have this very important spiritual figure (laughs) reincarnation. Uh, Let's just forget about it. The mom and the brother, they clearly didn't want us. And then they come back another 20 years later and they're like, okay, this time we're going to get him.
1: You're the Buddha, right? (laughs) Yes, I knew it. So in 1998, he was enthroned in Kathmandu. Uh, He sat in a chair And since then, he has been identified and acknowledged by multiple leaders, Ross, of many different lineages as the reincarnation of Buddha and the Christ.
0: Okay. So part of me is wondering how much of that can be verified. And part Mm -hmm. of me is wondering why there's so much focus on establishing these bona fides. In my mind, he's starting to turn into a little bit of like an... Elron Hubbard or a Sir George King, you know, trying to collect all these accolades. But do you know, is there any easy way to verify any of these honorifics or if real independent Buddhists have acknowledged him in this form or fashion?
1: It doesn't seem like he's well accepted by the mainstream of Buddhism. Okay. There is a story, though, that will come up that happened in 2006 that I think will give us some clarity about this.
0: Okay. So I'm guessing this might be kind of like Scientology, where they'll ask their local city representatives to write up a little proclamation about how great they are, and then they'll trumpet this all over the place. I I feel like beneath these honorifics, there's probably some story about him writing a letter and someone writing him kind of a a nice Mm. reply, and he turns it into this acknowledgement of his divinity.
1: Uh, Remember how the Self-Realization Fellowship would trot out that one letter that was like from a, a guy at Forest Lawn?
0: We've already made a few callbacks, but just to explain that one, there was the belief that Ramahansa Yogananda's body somehow was preserved after his death for an extraordinarily long time. It was incorruptible, kind of like many of the Catholic saints.
1: Yeah, miraculously. They didn't, you know, embalm him or something. And right. It was just like, they just laid him out and his body took a long time to decay because it was so holy. And it just seemed like a polite, like, yeah, if this is important to you, <laughs> his nose didn't quite decay at the rate I would expect. Uh-huh. that was like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it was yeah. slightly slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay, so his followers wear all white. They meditate under pyramids. We haven't mentioned the pyramids. Oh, yeah. So those those geodesic domes are often under an even more sizable pyramid. And sometimes they'll come to like Conscious Life Expo and bring these half a story high pyramids uh, so that people can sit under them for 10, 20 minutes and meditate. And they're supposed to do various... <laughs> Healings or yeah, treatments? I, I gotta say,
0: them? the you know, Shambhala group's booth game is on point. Like it, yeah. I think out of all the booths points. there, there's re- <laughs> really stood out because it feels lavish, nice materials, uh, high quality printing. Like they've really put a lot of money and effort into having a great booth presence and pyramids that you can sit under.
1: And their place looks so cool. The monastery they've got in Northern California is just—it's so pretty. It's apparently near Lake Shasta.
0: Shasta's hot now.
1: Yeah, so it's this area in Northern California that supposedly has. Vortices and all these other, you know, energy anomalies
0: and aliens living inside. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's sort of the Sedona of California, and and yeah, right around there is where his community is. Okay. Now they also sell those pendulums, and you may recall I ended up with one without paying for it. Yes. I wish they had a term for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, they call it they call it a weaver. We'll run into this this weaver quite a bit.
0: And this was, uh, I think, a couple crystals with two magnets on the side and then w- copper wire wrapped around them.
1: They come in different colors. Mine's clear, but the one I'm showing you is blue. And as you can see, he has an Amazon store for selling these.
0: Wow. And the one you're showing me, $145.
1: So you make it hover above whatever needs healing.
0: It's pretty. So it's a you know nice design. There's a little symbol on it that has a star of David surrounded by a circle, and inside the Star of David, it looks like a cross. Huh. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, I dig it. That's a pretty cool pendulum.
1: And here is how he describes the science behind his his tools. The tools are for personal and planetary healing and transmit Buddha Maitreya's monadic soul-filled light and healing blessings as a transformative Buddhaic force that creates a telepathic bridge with the user that heals and brings spiritual blessings, hoping to establish anyone who uses them on the path of the soul. They apply sacred geometry using energetic vibrational medicine for soul therapy, transmuting negative energies by increasing nature's chi and correcting energetic imbalances in the etheric field.
0: What a word soup. I mean, it, it did all come together. like It felt like there was meaning there, but I wonder how many adherents actually look at each one of those individual words and say, oh, good 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 okay <laughs> this God, is that, adding good. to
1: my information store
0: yeah or if it just kind of washes over them as an overall impression of oh I like that this all sounds very nice and golden and and healing
1: yeah it would be interesting to sick like EB white on this and be like okay spot the redundancies in this
0: yeah, right right how can we how can we wordsmith this a bit and cut it down <laughs> I I feel like a certain type of brain, who does that? Who analyzes the words for their content would just be turned away from this and that you need a, a certain type of person that is not that type of person to be a follower of this type of person.
1: <laughs> yes, I think I follow. <laughs> Buddha Maitreya keeps a Tumblr where he collects, first of all, apparently Tumblr still exists, but second, he has one. And he collects healings that have been performed with his Weaver on the tumbler. The Weaver has cured insomnia, emotional stress, chronic pain, post-surgical pain reduction, acute skin injury, muteness, ovarian cancer, stage 4 breast cancer, addiction, schizophrenia, rapid animated skin regeneration, removal of dark forces, and the exercising of a house.
0: Whoa. Yeah, when you said he keeps a tumbler, I was picturing him with a large coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, actual Tumblr. So that is still around. Okay. Uh,
1: another of his big things is that he says he helps exiled Tibetan refugees. So on his website, he talks quite a bit about how his the money that comes into his religion is largely used to help Tibetan monks in exile. But something is going to happen in 2006 that's going to really call that into wow. question.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm really curious at this point where the money's coming from.
1: Okay, so Jesus is alive on earth. He's making YouTube videos about world news events. Jesus the Christ, this is what he's up to. Jesus talks about Bill Cosby getting out of jail. Okay. Jesus explains why Michael Cohen turned on Trump.
0: Wow. I am impressed. Like, this is quite the output. So it makes me think that either he's just one of these incredibly prolific people or he has a team around him that's helping Mm. him produce and put out all of this content.
1: Yeah, because you're probably noticing on that YouTube site, and he has a couple other places he releases as well, he's releasing a couple times a week.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's almost up there in Bob Larson territory. Like Bob Larson is all over the YouTube and he's constantly releasing his little commentaries. And this feels... Very similar in an alternate universe.
1: And that kind of helps me imagine why someone can have this one-on-one relationship with him if he has that much content there. And he's even said if you find yourself in a sort of moral quandary and can't decide what to do, instead of turning to psychics and um, life coaches – just spend two videos a day with me, but his videos can be like two hours. So yeah. he's asking you to spend like four hours with him. Oh, and since we mentioned Trump, let's take a pause. Where would you put this guy's politics right now?
0: Um, I'm still gonna say pro-Trump, uh, right wing. Okay. Yeah, actually, Great. you got to specify now. So I'm I'm even gonna say Trumper. Oh yeah, there's a there's a picture on the background of that YouTube channel of that compound. And okay, so the, interesting. So it's white domes with, this is kind of cool, little gables sticking out of them, like blue covered gables. And mm. then in the middle of them is a white pyramid that has a gold capstone. There's all these individual white pyramids over the domes. And then at the very top of those is another kind of almost diamond like shape in gold. This is fascinating. Right? Visually, yeah, just really interesting. Yeah, I want to go here.
1: Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I was like, oh, Ross, Ross would be in heaven figuring out what all these things are supposed to mean, Yeah, all these like symbols. And why did they make this three-sided? Oh,
0: sacred geometry up the wazoo. Absolutely.
1: I have some insider information for you about how they were designed. Okay. Okay, so here is how they chose the architecture and why. Quote, The phi ratio from the central pyramid, the pyramid being 51 degree, the six dome circles placed around the pyramid in a six-pointed star, the 51 degree pyramids placed over each dome facing north, all based on the sacred human form and its relationship to sacred forms that help the soul to awaken and transform lower mind and lower emotions to become more spiritual incarnated.
0: See, at this point, I feel like you're adding all these words, for an effect. Like, you're doing that on purpose. Uh, there's an easier way to say all that. But that's interesting. Certainly, sacred geometry is central to all of this. Uh, but yeah. I, th- I think I remember the 51-degree reference in the pyramid construction to what Billy Carson was saying in his lecture. Oh, okay. At the Conscious Life Expo. So, yeah, there may be uh, some particular significance there. The phi ratio. Yeah, that's uh, also, like, the golden mean. So, another... Mm key concept. So interesting. Okay.
1: Are those real things?
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, the thing is, those are real ratios. Those are real numbers. Right. The phi ratio is the same as the golden mean or the golden ratio that you hear about all the time, which is 1.618, which you hear about all the time. But then when people are trying to make their case about where they see it in nature or architecture or artwork. They'll just be super arbitrary about overlaying it on top of features and Uh, make a big deal about something that's really subjective. Got it. But yeah, I'd I'd love to see their illustrations of here's how it overlays on top of how we built this community, which if they did it intentionally, it's probably, you know, an actual match.
1: They also offer retreats and services at their center and at another one in LA, but they don't seem to have been open for some time, I presume because of COVID. A few of their services are the Five Day Brainwave Optimization Intensive. Okay. Medical Thermography.
0: Oh, you can also get that from Dr. Nick Delgado.
1: Advanced Soul Therapy. That one has a registered trademark on it. Ooh. Bioresonance essences and spiritually based soul therapy
0: okay i'm I'm down yeah. for most of those. yeah, let's sign up,
1: okay, but what about these teachings? What does this guy teach in all these videos, Ross?
0: Yeah, yeah what what's his message? How does this all what's come his together?
1: Deal well, I'll tell you, but first, I gotta tell you about my old friend honey. you know this episode is actually sponsored in part by honey and Thanks to honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past.
0: Who needs the past? The past did not have online ordering where you could buy anything from the comfort of your home. Doesn't matter if you're sick, you can still get everything that you want delivered to your doorstep. But to do that, you have to order things online. And imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites, you get to the checkout, and all of a sudden, a magical button descends with the sounds of angels. Whoa, whoa. Okay, I may have added that part. And all you have to do is click apply coupons.
1: And then you just wait a few seconds and Honey searches for coupons on that site. And if it finds a working coupon, you just watch the prices drop.
0: So the future is here. You just need to add it to your browser, to your iPhone. It's available in all these places. And guess what? It's free.
1: I used it to buy my husband (laughs) some gifts recently for Father's Day. I
0: see what you did there. You just emphasized the second syllable in the (laughs) word husband.
1: Well, it's weird. It's still weird calling him that.
0: So, oh! Oh! I see. Oh! Yeah, you're freshly married. That's right. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. No. Yeah, so live it, it up. It's so strange. much fun to refer to your spouse as your spouse. Yeah. Do it. No,
1: it's just weird. But yes, I bought my husband um, <laughs> some uh sports shorts for father's day that's what he asked our cat and dog for were some sports shorts oh fantastic easy to order not easy to say and honey helped me save money on those
0: they knock some price off the sports shorts oh that mm-hmm. is fun to say
1: if you don't already have honey you could be straight up missing out it's literally free and it installs in a few seconds
0: and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast
1: so get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash oh no.
0: That's joinhoney.com slash oh no. But Carrie, what if I want to have an online store where I sell things that potentially Honey could give people discount codes on? How do I make oh, my- how do I make my own website? is what my I'm asking. My goodness,
1: what a friendly little world. Yeah, okay, I guess you'd want to make your own website and you'd want to make it beautiful, you'd want to make it really Usable and just have really good writing on it, really, really use a good template for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I'd use Squarespace.
0: Oh, Squarespace, that's a great recommendation. It's an online place, really, you might say a website where you can go to build a website.
1: It is sort of the mother of all websites, if you will.
0: I, I gotta say, it's really cool. Like you go to your Squarespace site. We do this every time we post the podcast. And by we, I mean Ian, our administrative manager. You, you go to the website and you hit escape. And yeah, this will happen if you go to onopodcast.com and you hit escape. And it will bring up a little menu and be like, you want to log in and get all the administrative controls? And then you log in. Alongside your website, you have all of these options to go in and edit and add things. It's really cool. Uh, your browser turns into this little web editor. And every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results.
1: And the content automatically adjusts so your site looks great on any device.
0: Absolutely. And it's all secure, too. Like, I didn't mind telling you you could hit escape because you don't know how to edit our website. You don't have a login.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: now we're going to get a, like an email that's like, eight people have tried to log into your website. <laughs> yeah. They all have the wrong password. <laughs>
0: And we'll say, suckers.
1: That's right. We'll say, those are our listeners. They're pieces of shit. So head to squarespace.com slash no for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Squit, squit, squarespace. It's not a good place to start a religion. Squarespace.
0: I was thinking... Right now they have like the lorem ipsum text. It's that Mm -hmm. famous passage of just kind of Latin sort of nonsense words that you can put into fill a space when you're writing things. It would be really fun to have one that's kind of modeled after the type of writing that you see from Buddha Maitreya. So you could Mm. say, hey, I'm writing this newsletter and I just need to fill in a big block of text right now. And it would put in, you know, the quantum dynamics of the phi (laughs) ratio when compared with the ascension grid dynamics of heaven flow, you know, like it would just fill up.
1: Like the Deepak Chopra generators. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I want that now as my automatic text fill, my lorem ipsum.
1: (laughs) I'm sure if you just ran... Buddha Matreya's stuff through a auto transcription service and just took the, the transcriptions and used those, you would have content for the rest of your life because he talks so much. Okay, so, so far, we're still putting this guy's politics at uh, right-wing pro-Trump.
0: Yeah, I...
1: With low confidence.
0: Yeah, not, not super high confidence, but I just, I don't know, maybe it's because he's a rogue
1: Mm. A little bit of
0: a maverick, I feel like.
1: Yeah, uh, totally fair. And I'm sorry for leaving you out to dry here. I promise I'll explain at some point. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm trying to pinpoint what's giving me that impression. I feel like like there's a certain class of people that appreciate a lack of oversight in their lives. Mm. Like they want -hmm. want Mm -hmm. to live in the sort of society where, you know, just people kind of run with the things that they want to do and nobody bugs them about it. And Uh Trump is their man. So maybe... There we go. That's the best I can put it into words. Hey, I want to be more like this guy.
1: Right, right. Who doesn't let external forces keep him down, even regulatory ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah, or even, you know, facts or things like that.
1: (laughs) Right. So let me tell you about this guy's actual teachings. I picked out four main topics that he seems to talk about a lot based on the few videos I watched this week. So... One is his theory about personality rays.
0: Personality rays? Yeah. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait.
1: (laughs) R-A-Y-S.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Another one of his favorite topics is sex.
0: I mean, that's true for all of us. No, not all of us, but many of us. Not everybody,
1: but yeah, (laughs) many. The concept of evil and the concept of asceticism. Oh,
0: okay. That's pretty good lineup.
1: So first and foremost, every human being has a dominant personality ray, and these rays are numbered, and rays four and five appear to be bad, and other than that, I can't make heads or tails of what the hell he means by a personality ray.
0: (laughs) personality (laughs) ray. Yeah, because ray makes you think of sort of a projectile, something that you're constantly emitting- and that huh? it's bouncing off of things or affecting things. Uh, and then when you mention that four and five are bad, I immediately think I bet he would say that we have four and five. Or oh, one of them. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. You know, Meaning like, not everybody, but you and I, Ross Ross and Carrie. Yeah.
0: And you've just introduced this concept to me, but I'm already hearing it as kind of like tone scale, where people yes. who are, are critics, they are, ooh, they're four and five. Ooh.
1: That is totally how it reads to me. So tone scale is a Scientology thing. I ha- the exact same light went off in my head. It does seem like it's his personal intuition about who gives him the heebie-jeebies and who gives him the thumbs up skis. And the numbers are assigned thereby.
0: Okay. But he doesn't have like an online quiz that you fill out and it tells you what personality <laughs> ray you are?
1: Uh, I didn't see that. He should. He needs Squarespace. I know that Hitler was a fourth ray person. Okay. And and he does think Hitler is bad. Good. And fifth ray people are the uber rich. So Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Oh. And they are fifth ray because they get rich off of other people's suffering. Oh, okay. That's yeah,
0: an interesting um, space to carve. Okay, I,
1: yeah, I'm co- like, I'm like, okay, yeah. I agree. That's a problem.
0: I'm, I'm tentatively signing on to this concept. Yeah,
1: right. Okay, so he says that those people are initiated into something called Dark Legion, L E G I O N, Dark Legion. This is a group of immoral people who do immoral things to get ahead.
0: Now, when he says dark forces, is he talking about kind of a conspiratorial, trilateral commission, skull and bones, like a secret society thing?
1: It is more ethereal than that. Like there's just evil out there. There's a
0: spiritual force and they're all being kind of infected with it. Not necessarily like... um, a worldly organizational aspect to it. Okay.
1: With maybe the exception of the music industry, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um but he does use Microsoft and Apple as examples of like evil corporations.
0: Mm, I wonder what kind of phone he uses.
1: He said the fifth ray is the seed of our intuition. But we also know fifth ray is not good, so that's confusing. But okay. the fifth ray is the seat of our intuition, and cerebral types try to depress their fifth ray to overcome their intuition and become more rational.
0: Okay. But
1: But that puts you out of touch with your true intuitions.
0: Okay. Yeah, I wonder if this is one of those situations where there's a proper balance, and you're supposed to have a little bit of all of the above, but if you become over represented in the fifth ray that's when you get into danger territory
1: yeah i mean there's certainly good examples of this guy arguing for moderation and rationality i saw him talking about not not flouting government restrictions around covid for example like definite feats of rationality he's performed but he still doesn't talk in those terms he doesn't talk in terms of like there's something good about rationality okay he really talks in terms of intuition giving you everything that you need he actually uses the term knee-jerk reactions like you want to to um increase your knee-jerk reactions and increase your intuitive responses
0: all right, this is uh, buttressing my thought that he is a fan of Trump.
1: Okay, so this makes you feel more strongly that he's a fan of Trump.
0: Right, just the, the okay. focus on intuition over over that, you know, sort of system two thinking, the the slow brain that analyzes things.
1: What about him talking about the evil of getting rich off of other people's suffering?
0: Oh, you know what? You're right. That sort of moves in the other direction.
1: Mm-hmm, but
0: mm-hmm. I I feel like again people who support Trump will say that they're very against a lot of things like divorce, cheating on your spouse, mm. infidelity, you know. But they give them a pass on that. So okay. I don't know I don't know why I'm uh, holding on to this. Nope.
1: Totally good, totally good. Okay, that's that's all I know about personality rays. Let's get to sex. Yeah, sex. Here's his number one teaching about sex. Okay, it is very very very. Bad.
0: Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, if he's so interested in sex, that seems a little oppositional to being for asceticism. But if you're if you're thinking sex is very bad, then okay. Now, now that mm-hmm. seems consistent.
1: Well, we know that we're going to be talking about asceticism, but we haven't talked about whether it'll be for it or against. Okay,
0: it. all right. But sex is bad.
1: Sex is bad. Huh. Bad, 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 bad. We should all be celibate. Oh, but I'm surprised. Someone still in 2022 sitting in front of a webcam is like talking about how you got to be celibate. I was like. This is like 1991, like, T and dough, heaven's gate move. It, it just seems so anachronistic to me. It's
0: the shakers.
1: Yeah. How's this guy going to get any following? And I think this is how we start to realize why 18 people are showing up with me mm-hmm. for this guy's videos. Mm-hmm.
0: You say this is one of his major themes. So he spends a lot yeah. of time talking about how sex is bad. Oh it,
1: my gosh, it's so bad.
0: And what terms does he normally put that in? Is it STDs? Is it just the effect that it has on one's life, complicated relationships?
1: All those things I think he would sign off on, but would say, oh, that's so far down the line of what I'm concerned about.
0: Spiritual Um, mastery and control of the self.
1: Closer there. Closer there. So sex distorts God's intention for us. It is not natural.
0: It is not natural. Well, then why do... So many of us have this sexual urge and sexual organs.
1: Because we have heard about sex oh. and that distorts our natural urges, which are actually chakra urges. So you have this chakra that's spinning around near your groin and it wants to give you like energy toward creation and meditation and things like that. But society comes along and says, actually, what you've got is a sex drive. And that distorts your picture of your own body. And then the sex drive takes off like an addiction. It's just like separate from you,
0: huh. I mean, uh-huh. good for you, buddy. Uh, as long as <laughs> as long as he doesn't turn out to be like a figure that we were just talking to Jennings Brown about the. Robert Burton, who is saying all of these homophobic things and then grooming young men to have sex on the side. I assume there's no scandal about him improperly having sex with his followers.
1: I've seen two pieces of writing that sort of vaguely assert something in that area, but they're not specific enough to really know exactly what they're saying.
0: And really, there's not that much critically about him is there
1: no yeah this guy is not well known especially for being the risen lord jesus i i feel a little heartened by this to be honest like Mm. i feel like we're a little saturated now maybe this is sort of the upside of having so much attention on different cult-like groups and different religions and you just kind of can't get out of culture today without being aware that there are dozens and dozens of people like this And I wonder if it's just sort of harder to keep up and keep an audience. And this guy who might have been one of the Heaven's Gate people in the 90s just- Doesn't have much in 2022.
0: Interesting. Or at least there's a new set of selection pressures Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: to be very social media savvy, to be someone like a teal swan that really Mm -hmm. does get a lot of eyeballs on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, he might have broken out of the ranks of people who never take off at all, but he hasn't gone stratospheric, to (laughs)
1: use
0: Scientology terms.
1: Yeah, exactly. That seems to be the case he's also using these really outdated references. They're so funny. He's like, he's in his seventies. And, um, when he's talking about sex as a sex symbol, he always uses Hugh Hefner. Oh, sure. He's a dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just like such an outdated reference. So he says things like, well, it goes back to Hugh Hefner. You know, you think you go, okay, he's a playboy. Well, that's not uncommon. A lot of guys are playboys. That's what guys do if you're really handsome and you really have your skills together, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we justify, we rationalize, you're a guy. It's just like, what is, this is like somebody's 1995 stand-up
0: bit. Yeah, yeah, wow. Okay, I want to hear that one.
1: Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you.
2: Well, it goes back to Hugh Hefner, you know? You think, you know, you go, okay, well, he's a playboy. Yeah, well, that's not uncommon. A lot of guys are playboys. That, that's what guys do if, you, if you're if you really handsome and you re- really have your skills together, you know, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know? So we justify we rationalize yeah because why because it, it you're a guy and you're separating yourself and you're going yeah well you know i might like to do that yeah because when the mind goes in that direction all of a sudden your hormones go in that direction and it's no longer just for peeing.
1: it has another use okay so he is very restrictive about what his followers should do with their bodies so he tells them not to flirt not to attempt to date if you have romantic feelings about your brother or sister in this religious order then you should like Cut yourself off, go and meditate, come back tomorrow, see if you feel the same way. Always be fostering brother and sister relationships way before romantic ones. And ideally, you won't have any romantic relationships. But if you must, if you just can't overcome your addiction, then you can marry one specific person.
0: Oh, okay. Very much like the biblical injunction. It is better not to marry, but if you can't control your urges, then okay, go ahead and get married.
1: Yep. Was that Paul?
0: Yeah. Good old Paul. Yep oh i've been i've been bad i've been scrolling down his youtube video feed and i see donald trump is a gangster And Jesus explains why Donald Trump loves uneducated people. So, okay, maybe he's got some negative things to say about the Donald.
1: Okay, okay, interesting. Okay. Okay, so one of our, still speaking on sex here, sex is a brain misuse, and it creates this thing called the desire body. So once you start to misdirect your chakra energy towards sex, you get this second spiritual body called the desire body that follows around with... With your physical body. And the more you have indulged it, the bigger the body gets, and you're kind of carrying it around like a like a bag of bricks.
0: Hmm. Boy, yeah. It sounds like a real cloud of shame uh that he yep. sort of builds up.
1: Yeah, and like, and the more you have, the more evil you're releasing into the universe. Like he ties sexual any sort of sexual energy with like evil like this Hmm. is what's going to make you sin make you a worse person Hmm. so he asks all the monks who study with him to be celibate
0: wow and does he ever talk about this in his ray terminology is there like a sex ray
1: oh interesting um i didn't notice that if he does okay but i would be surprised if they don't come together sometime because he talks about both things so much
0: Okay, because like in Scientology, you have the eight dynamics, and the second dynamic is that sort of sexual dynamic.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Scientology somehow made an entrance in Ron's life.
0: That, that he Somewhere might have been back down influenced But Yeah, I, I would be curious to know. Obviously, Eastern religion has informed his opus here, but yeah, I'd be really curious to know his background.
1: Yeah. Okay, but why not take homophobia And make it celibate. Now, this we don't usually get to see. You know, usually homophobia doesn't also come with a side salad of celibacy, but this guy has nailed a certain tiny niche I didn't know anybody could do. So, yeah. So, all sexual relationships are bad. But if you can't handle celibacy, fine, at least be straight and get married. But homosexuality is just like one plunge further into the evilness that is sex. Oh, okay. You follow yes. me? I
0: don't want to follow you.
1: <laughs> do you Do you see the I, internal y- logic that is propelling my sentence? <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and of course, where is this going? What will be the final thing that he has a problem with? Of course, it's being trans. Why not? No. It's all on a slope. Why, why?
0: <laughs> it's
1: all on a slope.
0: Why is this so that important?
1: You, you went down the first time you had a sexual thought that's where it all went bad and you know the final stop is is being trans but i i was like okay here's what i appreciate about this guy usually you hear people trying to be pro-sex and anti-sex at once saying like well god loves sex he just intends it for one man and one woman Mm -hmm. but here he's like at least he's just like no i'm sticking in a lane all the sex is bad. The straights aren't getting out of this one. Fuck them all. So let's see. Oh, he also says reparative therapy should be legal. So you should be able to offer a therapy that helps a person. Oh, behavior. my
0: goodness. Which thankfully, it is no longer legal in California. Do you know, has he ever tried to offer anything like that at his own facility?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Okay. He just, he uh, probably not, because the way he tossed it off was he said, in psychology, they literally made a law in 1984 that you cannot give therapy to a homosexual to help them not be homosexual. Uh, and they based that on nothing. Because
0: they're a bunch of playboys. But it
1: did just feel like something he had recently read about. Or Okay. Um, okay, so let's get a politics check here. What are we thinking?
0: Now I'm trying to reformulate him in my mind as a left winger. Okay. Be- because I saw those negative titles that at least made it sound like he was more anti-Trump. <sighs> On the surface, that seems more consistent with sort of the hippy-dippy overall imagery of the community he's created. But I don't know. I I still feel like he's going to find some idiosyncratic way to be a right-winger, but maybe carve out an anti-Trump position.
1: Okay. Okay, so last point in the sex category here. He's extremely pro-Me Too, the Me Too movement. Oh. Pretty pro feminist. Okay. He released released a video recently talking about how Bill Cosby came out of prison and like, even though it makes sense how his particular trial just that's how things ended up. Just that like this is a horrible thing. It must feel really hard for the women that he's harmed, seeing him come out. Cool. But he's yeah, but he's also not pro prison in general. He seems kind of anti carceral state. And as you noted, he hates the Trumps. He talks about them. He says that he was making videos during the Trump presidency calling Trump an idiot. Like, he pulls no punches about it.
0: So I I was wrong on that.
1: But I had the same intuition about you for a long while watching it, which is why I've been seeing if you're tracking the same way.
0: Yeah. Wow. It seems like he can really flip these switches without flipping other switches that are normally linked to each other.
1: Right, right. Yeah,
0: it feels like he's really carved out his own little niche on everything.
1: Which, on one level, I respect. I think it's suspicious when someone has the exact opinions exactly in lockstep with, like, their 50% political allies. You know, I think that's weird. But... This guy will get increasingly harder to track. So okay. he's not pro-prison. He hates Trump. But he he released this video recently that I respected where he was saying, like, I think the Trump kids will go to prison. I don't know if I agree with him about that. But he thinks they'll go to prison. And he was like, I think that's good. I think that's pro-justice. And I'm sad, like, that I don't like anybody going to prison. <laughs> I was like, huh. I really can't wow this is is exactly my perspective okay huh yeah okay yeah okay so what about the concept of evil though so he talks about evil a bunch evil is ever present it is around us all the time we need to be watching out for it he has special little keywords for it so he calls things that are evil he calls them lunar like of the moon
0: the poor moon. And what did the moon ever do to you?
1: I know. I don't know. And uh, and he calls evil people lunar lords. So when he's talking about people he really hates, yeah, he will say they're just a lunar lord.
2: Wow. It's because of the lunar lords, the evil ones, people like Putin. Yeah, they don't just lie. Yeah, they set people up to fall. I've told you about how Russia uses disinformation. Yeah. Well, what would happen if if they used you? How would you feel for the rest of your life? What if they used you to destroy millions of people's lives in America and keep them from taking the virus and shot and die by the millions? What if they used you to write articles That created QAnon. What if they used you? And they're a bunch of demons.
1: And then he'll also say that they come from, and I love this phrase, the Dark Lodge.
0: Whoa, the Dark Lodge. That makes me think Twin Peaks.
1: Totally. Oh, was there literally a Dark Lodge in Twin Peaks? It
0: was called like the...
1: Oh, it's something like that, isn't it?
0: There was a Black Lodge and a White Lodge.
1: Oh man, this guy's just watching a lot of TV, isn't he? <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, the Dark Lodge is the force of evil in the universe. And Lunar Lords look human. But they're around us all the time, but they're not quite human. And one example that he brings up a lot is Michael Jackson. Jackson. Oh, okay. Another timely example sure. for Buddha Maitreya, Michael Jackson, who died 10 years ago? 15? Yeah. But the reason he brings up Michael Jackson so much is because satanic black magic has penetrated the music industry for a very long time. And in particular, Prince and Michael Jackson had dark sex magic, prayed over them when they were kids and entering the music industry, and that's why they both ended up the way they did.
0: Oh.
1: But you'd think that his examples would be updated a bit since both of those people are dead?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's just got his talking points and he's sticking with them. Though it sounds like he comments on current issues regularly on his Mm -hmm. his YouTube videos. This is interesting. When you Google Ronald Lloyd... Ronald Lloyd Spencer is not the first suggestion that comes up. There is a, mm. a killer, a uh, really awful looking guy oh, called Ronald Lloyd Bailey who comes up first oh, as a okay. suggestion, at least for me.
1: Yikes. Well, um, if you ever wondered, Michael Jackson was one of the antichrists. There are actually many antichrists. Oh,
0: okay. So, yeah, what are the qualifications to be an antichrist?
1: Good question. Not sure. But I think Hitler might have been one also. Yeah,
0: seems like a candidate. Yeah. Is Trump one?
1: I wondered that too. I did not see him say that Trump was an antichrist. He seems like a better choice than Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'd love to know what his criteria are.
1: Here's what he said. There are many antichrists. Yeah, there's Michael Jackson, who reincarnated as Hitler.
0: Uh, Other way
1: around, okay. You would think. Uh, Also, huge gap between those people's lives, but like a good 15 years. Okay, but the Antichrist. They will come to deceive. They will come and dress themselves up in sheep's clothing, and you'll look at him and go, Michael Jackson, what a great singer, a singer, an artist. And you can't see the wrongness in any artists. Through art, you could do all wrong. And it's just an expression of art. That's where evil comes in, people. That's how the fourth ray gets up there. Mm. You see those artists, and they all come back as lunar lords, and they all come back as dictators, and they all come back as artists. Look at Hitler. He was an artist. That's what he was before he was Hitler. And when he reincarnates, what does he do? He's an artist, because that's who he is, the fourth ray and the brow.
0: Wow, there was a lot there. Okay. Yeah, I'm still curious about this Lunar Lord thing. Is it the influence of the moon? Are these people actually somehow from or tied to the moon?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of expected him to say like the Solar Lords on the other hand or, you know, yeah. something like that, but I nothing really. Huh, weird. Yeah. Okay, so finally, asceticism. What do you think? Is he going to be for it, against it?
0: I'm going to say for it.
1: And where are we standing on his politics?
0: Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> geez.
1: He's anti sex. He doesn't like Trump. Yeah. He's pro me too. Uh huh. He's pro intuition and anti intellect. He believes in the concept of evil and thinks it's everywhere.
0: Has he talked about guns to your knowledge?
1: He has talked about guns. Do you want me to tell you what he says? Okay. Anti gun.
0: Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. I guess I have to come around then and say he's a left winger in his own idiosyncratic way.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, because do you feel, I'm just curious, is that just one straw too many or is that kind of almost the entry point to you of like what counts as right wing or left wing in America?
0: No, again, it's just me tying things that are normally tied together. But he's found yeah. ways to disentangle them. Like, you know, he's clearly anti-LGBTQ+, so yeah. he's not on that bandwagon. Totally. You know what? No, I'll say he's still right-wing. He's just found his own way to uh, not fall into the Trump cult.
1: Okay, fair. Okay, so asceticism. You're right. We should all lead ascetic lives— so he's not using the term. I'm using that to sort of summarize a bunch of his okay. teachings. But, hold on, hold um, on a second,
0: Carrie. I'm just going to throw away all my stuff. I'll be right back.
1: Okay. Don't throw away all your stuff. Oh, oh, it's a joke. I really thought you just had trash to go throw away. And I was like, oh, okay, that's abrupt, but okay.
0: <laughs> I'm highly impressionable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this is a concept you hear in various religious groups and certainly in early Christianity that we should all be sharing our, our belongings and um, mm-hmm. almost like a communist style lifestyle. This is totally what he's for. So okay. he says, sex and greed are the worst sins of all and they're intertwined. Talks about capitalism as a delusion. Capitalism as a function of lust. Everyone should live simply and everyone in your community should get equal resources, including him. He invites everybody to to point it out if they feel like he's not doing that. He talks about his dirty shoes. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Um
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with I'm briefly with you again.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that, well, certainly on the surface sounds laudable and good to be anti-materialist, not accumulating more than you need in life, to be mindful of the things that you're accumulating and their impact. All of that's great. And as long as he's being consistent with it, it sounds like he's living up to his own standards that he's applying to others, then I guess more power to you, buddy.
1: If he is, I have no idea because we never pull the camera back and see anyone but him.
0: Wow. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: But if he's doing it, more power to him.
0: What What a character, this guy.
1: I know. But don't worry. He does find additional ways to be controlling. So he makes his followers eat a prescribed diet hmm. and they cannot be vegetarians Most of the people who come to him are vegetarian, and he tells them that if they want to stay, they have to eat meat. What? Why?
0: (laughs) I mean, and that's, on a lot of levels, that's contrary to asceticism.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, your chakras need meat to spin.
0: Wait, to spin?
1: Yeah, you know your chakras are spinning? Now I do. Oh, you never heard that? Yeah, our chakras are energy wheels that are, when they're healthy, they're supposed to be spinning inside of us.
0: Okay, I guess I have heard that. Okay. Yeah, what type of meat? Is this a precise science?
1: No, he does talk about keto a couple times, or going carnivore for a while. So he seems to be one of these, like, let's eat a lot of meat, let's do it all the time, people. And if you come vegetarian, he will turn you away unless you agree to eat meat at the monastery. (laughs) so, but, but this guy's so weird. <laughs> Who is this guy? Who is he for? This, this is, is so why weird. he has eighteen followers. You aren't for anyone. He's just all over the place. So I strange. know. I okay.
0: know. Yeah, I'm just now. I'm picturing like uh, the fourth chakra is not spinning like it should. Uh, you need some shrimp for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's <laughs> a it tuna needs, problem. Needs
0: a little chicken spin. <laughs>
1: like, oh. <laughs> right.
0: All right. Oh, so it just seems so arbitrary.
1: I know! You know why? Because he's just following his intuitions. And it's just... So we're just following around the idiosyncratic whims of a single person.
0: Yeah. On one level, good on you, buddy, for carving out your own thing. But then... (laughs) When I disagree with elements of that thing, I disagree with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's about control. Whether something is a cult or not has a lot to do with the amount of control that is exerted on people's lives. And for him to go that extra step and say, I need you to actually eat meat, I mean, that's a big step. It's one thing to say like, oh, I choose to eat meat, you know, but it's quite another thing to tell someone who's already cut meat out of their diet. No, no, you need to add it back in.
1: Yeah. And when like everybody's on their own like path here about how to cut out such a massive thing in our lives Mm -hmm. and like no matter where you are in that process, I support you. Even if it's one percent, that's fine. Yeah. But it is like a moral bad It's not an ideal thing we do, just resource-wise. Like, we're kind of at the end of what we can do resource-wise on the Earth. And anything that we can do to shrink that is good. And so for someone to already be doing that and say, no, no, stop it, so bizarre.
0: Which, again, is contrary to this whole idea of asceticism, that you cut back on wasteful things. By the way, I know the first time we talked about Ronald Lloyd Spencer, a.k.a. Buddha Maitreya, you described the setup that he has in his videos. uh, But it's very consistent. When you look through his videos, 90% of them have the same exact thumbnail, essentially, which is him sitting under a pyramid with this very elaborate painted backdrop and sort sort of hard to describe. But it's like blues and greens and golds. And then he's got this little globe kind of floating in the foreground in front of one of those
1: globes that spins on a magnet.
0: Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's just interesting. A highly Indian influence, I would say.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the first time that we talked about him, I said that he had an Alex Jones vibe. And he was sitting in front of like an enormous US Constitution. And I think he had a US flag in front.
0: All of which would make me think kind of right winger. Yep
1: same checking in on that how are we feeling now
0: now i wonder if he has (laughs) any really strongly stated political views i bet he hates both the parties
1: Mm, mm -hmm. okay so also followers need to refrain from popular media and he wants you to work toward having no emotional reaction to celebrity news okay so maybe that explains a little bit why his (laughs) references are so old
0: Interesting. And yet he has videos where he comments about Bill Cosby.
1: Right. That's and right. And Michael
0: Jackson. And
1: and he wants you not to buy anything more than your basic necessities. And at one point he said if money comes into him, he makes sure that all everybody's provided for. If someone like needs a car, he'll get them a car and he it's not a loan, it's theirs. He doesn't ask for anything back. Uh, Which all sounds good, but it does sound like it's all in his control. You know, he's the the treasury department.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you just happen to be in his good graces or he's aware of your situation, then he's got you covered. Um, So it's not quite a communist ideal as much as like a benevolent dictatorship.
1: Yeah, that's how it starts sounding to me too. Yeah. Okay. So yes, you're right. He is staunchly anti-Trump. That becomes very clear as you start to watch. He calls President Trump an evil asset. He talks about Russia all the time, Russian disinformation. He talks about how, like, there's real fake news on the internet, and you need to be aware of what fake news looks like and be really, like, careful about that. Okay. In 2020, he was saying, We have an idiot for a president. Ignore what he's saying about COVID. Wow. Yeah, but before you get too proud of him about COVID, I could not find anything yet about vaccines, but he did tell everyone to eat an avocado a day to help prevent COVID. Nope. Probably wouldn't help. But yeah, he told everyone to avoid going outside, to wear their masks, exactly what you'd want in that respect. So what the heck? Like how many people does this come down to that fit this niche? This guy blew my mind with how singular he is.
0: Yeah. Painted as a Venn diagram, it would be this elaborate set of spirals that just barely conjoin <laughs> on this one guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of spinning chakras it's, overlapping it's a, in this one tiny It's sliver. a sacred
0: geometry figure. The Venn diagram overlap that produces him is a flower.
1: Yeah. So bizarre. Okay, but you've been waiting for it. What the heck happened with this guy in 2006? Yes. Well, so back in 2005-ish, he still considered himself a Buddhist, was still saying that Tibetan Buddhism is his religion, what he practices. So he sponsored a group of Tibetan Buddhist monks to come to the USA on a pilgrimage. And this is a fairly common thing where you'll send for monks to come and talk to your Buddhist center and since they devote most of their lives to meditation and study the idea is like they'll come and they'll sort of like bring new blood and insight okay so when these Tibetan monks arrive Ron goes hey and by the way I'm the reincarnation of the Buddha yeah and they didn't know that this was his deal Uh oh and they have just arrived from Tibet oh no <gasps> and they're like oh no no
0: no you're not you're
1: not the reincarnation of the Buddha <laughs> and he's like yes I am and you need to call me Maitreya
0: awkward And they
1: say no no we're happy to talk to your adherents, and we're so glad to be here mm. we're not going to call you Maitreya and politely refuse. And he says, okay, thank you. And he quietly calls the embassy and revokes their spiritual visas <gasps> and doesn't tell them. <gasps> so after this awkward encounter, they leave to continue on their pilgrimage. <gasps> And in the next city they arrive, they have now gone over state lines illegally because they are now unlawful immigrants. And ICE shows up with weapons and arrests these Buddhist monks and deports them to Tibet.
0: Oh, no. That's horrible. Every step in that story is terrible.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my Um, goodness. Yeah. Wow, how many of them were there?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I want to say six. That's what I have in my mind, okay. but I'd have to look.
0: Oh, no. That's <laughs> awkward mixed with Awful. malfeasance. That's terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they were all safe. They all got back. But Jeez. of course, everyone was pretty upset.
0: Yeah. The
1: New York Times covered this and okay, both sides appeared to find that upsetting. Neither side really wanted attention to this thing that happened. OK. So they signed a legal agreement saying we will both never talk to the media about this again. And it was only like a month after it happened, they signed this legal document that I... Found. I even contacted one of the lawyers to be like, Do you know what happened? And she's like, It's up to date as far as I know. They don't talk about it.
0: Interesting. But we're talking about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because they can't. Wow. Yeah. So 2006 is also when he opened the center in Northern California, the one that we've been looking at all the pretty pictures of. So that must have been about when he made the pivot. And decided, I'm not exactly Buddhist. I'm sort of Buddhist-inspired, and I don't really need them because I'm the real Buddha.
0: Just because he realized he wasn't going to get any support from that mainstream community.
1: Right. The Dalai Lama wasn't like, you know what? Actually, it's you. I'm stepping down. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, you mentioned there aren't very many critics, and that's true. So one of my favorite cult experts is this guy called Rick Ross, mm-hmm. not the rapper. And I've reached out to Rick a number of times. I think he's just very reasonable. He's very moderate in his approach. Um, I really like him. And I saw that on Rick's website, he had a couple of essays from people who had encountered Ron in the past. And one was someone who who knew him many years ago when he lived in Hawaii, and then one was an ex-member of this fellowship. And the writers were both anonymous, but they they did say like he was a really manipulative guy, and he would sell spiritual items with supposed powers, and that he was really controlling, and he made everybody call him your highness. And
0: oh, wow.
2: the
1: vibe was all just sort of like... Maybe he's doing this a little better than some of the competition, but it's still bad and it's better to just live in the wider world instead of under this guy's grasp. Uh, So when I reached out to Rick, he said, oh, yeah, I actually helped someone get out of that group. And I think the guy's just a con man. Okay, And like I said, I think Rick is like a fairly moderate guy. So that kind of kind of surprised me. Mm, yeah. yeah.
0: I get this daily cult news email that um, usually has like three or four headlines related to various cults and cult leaders. Mm. And I'm just surprised that the name Ronald Lloyd Spencer and Buddha Maitreya don't come up in any of those. So, you know, he's managed to stay out of the news.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that is my journey with Ronald Lloyd Spencer.
0: Amazing. And uh, you were talking about a lecture that you attended of his, was this something that you had to sign up for? Did it was there a cost attached to it?
1: No they suggest a fifteen dollar donation, but I'm on his email list and you just get a link from the email list. Okay. And then they say, if you wanna pay, go here. I, I get the impression that there is like a paywall behind which maybe I'd get more content, but there's plenty before I ever hit that.
0: Okay. What what an interesting character. Really hard to stick right? a pinning the guy.
1: Yeah. I have no idea what this guy's deal deal I actually I guess I know all of his deals and it just doesn't add up to any other deal I've ever encountered.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting the assessment from Rick Ross about him that he's maybe less of a cult leader and more of a con man. Which yeah, makes, that's it, what he said. makes it sound like he suspects Ronald Lloyd Spencer to be kind of aware of what he's doing, maybe a little cynical in his approach. Right. But he's sort of found a revenue stream, he's found a way to exist, and and this is his shtick.
1: Yeah, one person from his past said that he lent Ron a family heirloom for a magic trick and never got it back. Oh no. That those were the yeah, it was like his mom's engagement ring. That those were the kinds of just like little thoughtless things he would do. But also we're talking about the 80s. Like, I don't know. I always feel a little awkward holding people to something that old. But I don't know. Maybe that's terrible.
0: Another thing I'd be curious about is his succession plan. If there is one or not. If this thing will outlive him or if it really is just... Sort of his shtick for him,
1: yeah, now I don't know who the heir apparent is to all of this has to be someone with a very specific set of interests,
0: yeah, and it seems like we're kind of shielded from knowing much about his following and who's actually in his fold. so yeah, well, hopefully yeah. at some point we'll maybe get a chance to visit in person and
1: I'd love it. see
0: what's going on here. Well, cool, Carrie, thanks for thanks for looking into this and re-
1: yeah, my pleasure reporting
0: back on Buddha Maitreya.
1: my pleasure. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton.
0: Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer.
1: You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash join.
0: Yes, and thank you to everybody who supports us. Uh, And you can also do that by leaving us a positive review wherever you found this podcast
2: or telling
1: a friend. And we're taking a week off. Yeah. So see you in two weeks.
2: We'll see you then. And remember... You know, I'm not like out with a Rolls Royce and flying in a super jet, while everybody else is riding bicycles, you know, and trying to live on cracker jacks, you know. And I'm living on steak, you know. Where I come from, everybody gets the same. Everybody gets the same. Yeah. And and you would think a person like me, good God, it should be so. You could take advantage of humanity like you can't imagine. I could, you know, imagine. I could be the richest thing like a king, you know. I could I could affirm a king. I can affirm a rich person. I can affirm why I'm rich. Oh, yeah, God loves me, and that's why I'm rich. That would make all the sense in the world. But still, I am not rich. <laughs> I am totally the opposite of rich. And it's not because I give all my money away, and I do. Yeah. But it's because no matter how much is given to me, it's my lifestyle to do it like this. And we are brothers and sisters. And if you're in need, what I have is yours.
1: Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager, Countess. Travis?
2: I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh, no. trainers isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self. And be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand. And maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know. Or give you interesting things to talk about at parties.
1: Yeah, like the secret life of Emily Post.
2: Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are.
1: We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era.
2: Sure. Or what it's like to attend a Regency ball. Yeah. Uh, You can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.